Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. You know, in life, Sometimes we say that the good, thank you all, um, the, they, they did awesome. I want you to know that they, they, that to be able to play, like, and you, did you rehearse that? That's just, that's just anointing. I mean, that's just, you got to thank God. You can't get it everywhere. We can get it here. But um, sometimes in the human experience, we want everything to go good and go right. And it's fun when it's all good. But sometimes when you get all of the compliments that everything is good, we don't want to deal with what's bad. Now, uh, people don't care what you expect, but they do care what you, about what you inspect. And I know that you can have good things in bad situations, like food. How many have, you know, it's almost as if the dirtier the building, the more tasty the food. That's called, Shane know about that place, the hole in the walls. You know, the little places where the grease is used over and over and over again. You know those places, and you feel good about it. You forget that it's dirty. You forget all of that stuff until you see maybe the sink while you're eating. You can lose your appetite. Or you see that critter that walk, that, you know, and stop and it wave at you because it's not afraid to be out in public. That, that can mess you up. And then you start thanking God for people like the health inspector. Because you want to eat the good food, but you want to know you're not going to get sick. The health inspector, though he has been demonized, people treat him wrong. There he goes. We love the health inspector because he can let you know, he protects the person who cannot protect themselves, the actual people. And when he comes in, you don't have to think that everything he's going to do is bad. He gives you good marks for what's good. And gives you bad marks for what's bad. And they give you some things that you can change in order to get it good. We need inspectors. They all have different grading systems. I like to look, think about them as red lights, green lights, or yellow lights. To tell you you can keep going, you need to stop, or you, need, you, you, you get a caution. And today as we look into our text and we look at about this church, Jesus takes on the position of the inspector of health. He's been so kind in the text before to present himself as the one who gives life, the one who walks among the people, the one who's giving you the gentle word, but he is about to change his tone to this church of Thyatira. We read verse 18 together. When I say ready, you begin to read. Ready? Read. Yeah, that did. Ready? Read.
Okay, so I love this. This is the first time that he's referring back to himself. In, in Revelation 1, he refers to himself as the son of man. And this is the challenge with Jesus when we leave him in the bucket as the son of man only. He is not just the son of man. He is the son of God. That's what we call the hypostatic union. He is both fully God and fully man. But sometimes it's easier to interact with the part of him that is man because we relate. We feel good. We feel comfortable. We feel relaxed. We feel all of the benefits of him being son of man. But we forget he is son of God, nature of God, essence of God, God himself. And as God, he can see. He's omniscient. He's got eyes like flames of fire. He can see what's going on on the outside, but he can go beyond that. He can look at the heart. Man looks on the outside. God can look all the way at the thoughts and the intent of your heart. And not only that, he has feet of brass. Brass is uh, a metal that is the strongest of its time, but is, it is synonymous with judgment. He can not only see what's good and see what's bad and see what's need, needing to be corrected, he can bring the correction. This is the God that's showing up in the church at Thyatira. This is his presence. This is him as inspector with his coat on. And I want you to know, he doesn't start off, you, 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 ever, you ever have somebody that tells you everything that's wrong with you and they don't get to the good, good about you? You don't really enjoy being around those people, do you? Even if they're correct in their assessment, you think when they list the things that you don't have right in your life, am I doing anything good? And this is what I love about the Lord. He likes to list the things that we're doing good. And let me tell you some of the good things in verse 19 that they're doing in church. He said, I know your works or your deeds. I know that you, your love and your faith, your service and your patience and endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. He's basically saying that this church is authentic. It's authentic in its love. It's authentic in its faith. Faith actually works or has power by love. This, this love and fidelity for God, this love to God, this, this in, in, in love with the things of God. They're not the people who actually would sit idly by when the Ukraine uh, is in need. They would give resources. Or if Poland was in need, they would give resources. Or if the inner city is in need, they would give resources. Much like our church would give resources to those things. We're, we're like the church that loves enough not to give lip service, but to actually give out of your pocket and out of your time. They have the faith that proves that, that, that through its actions that it truly is faith, real conviction, real faith. And then, and then it says service. This means a willingness to volunteer. They're taking care of the things in the house. They're taking care of the things outside of the house. These are just good Christians who endure challenging things. They're not complainers. And instead of waning in that activity, their numbers are growing. Their church is actually growing in the good that's going on. It's a good church in terms of the activities that it's doing that are consistent with that of a believer. We're a good church, and we're consistent with our activities um, in a believer. Jesus acknowledges as the inspector, that what we do is good. However, when you start reading in verse 20, you start understanding that there's a little bit more to his inspection than just the good. He said, but I have this 
against you. It's one of the worst words you can have in the Bible is that the Lord is against you. The Bible says he, he, he gives, he, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. There's something that God will do to resist you or be against you. And if God is against you, you can't win. And the reason that he's against them, the reason as the inspector that they're going to get a bad mark for bad behavior is because they tolerate the woman Jezebel. Let me stop and talk about Jezebel. And though this person, uh, I don't know the exact name of this person. She may have been called Jezebel, but the idea here is that she had the spirit of Jezebel from the Old Testament with, uh, who was married to Ahab, a king. And this king, frequently he did a lot to create Jezebel. Jezebel um, daddy was pagan. She was a leader in the, in, in the pagan religion, and she was bringing uh, negative things uh, to, the, to the people of God. But you could not have Jezebel's activity without Ahab's permission. The problem with Jezebel is that she gets accused of being the, the problem, and sometimes you, the reason you have a Jezebel is because you have an Ahab that would not exercise his authority and would not do what it was right. Thank, thank you. I'm going to keep preaching right now because Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, the Bible does not say she was a prophetess. It says she called herself a prophetess. No, you got to note those people who identify themselves as, as leaders but have been appointed as leaders. You find them. They're not connected to eldership. They're not connected to churches. They're not connected to any authority over them. They're just calling themselves a prophet. Every prophet in our movement, every prophet in our house has their prophecies judged. When I prophesy, I'm judged. When I say something from here from the Lord, I'm judged. I'm judged by my elders. I'm judged by those who sit around and judge. But she she is taking on the role of a prophetess and teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and eat food sacrificed to idols. The problem is that the church leadership is tolerating a spirit that is leading the people astray that the church leadership is allowing her to be in leadership and that she is promoting immorality and idolatry. Remember that I told you idolatry is when you love anything more than you love God. And immorality is any, any level of sexual sin that is outside of the confines of marriage between one man and one woman. Any other type of behavior is, sexual is immorality. Don't care what you want to label it. Don't care what you want to Title it, if you have engaged in that type of behavior, it is immorality and it does not please God, but yet this woman is teaching it's okay. How many times have you gone and you've seen the government teach something opposite to the church? The church says it's not okay, and the world is saying immorality is not only okay, we're going to give you a license to do so. And not only are we going to give you a license to do so, we're going to fund people who actually agree with immorality. And we're going to defund people who, who, who don't agree with our levels of immorality. And in the church of Thyatira, there were unions called guilds, and you couldn't get work unless the union approved of you, whether you were a goldsmith, a silversmith, whether you were a painter or an artist. There were different guilds, and each guild house had a god that it served. And each one of these gods practiced some level of immorality as a part of their worship. They engaged in all types of things. 
And in the midst of that, Jezebel was saying, hey, you got to do what you got to do to make it. You might have to lie a little bit. You might have to engage in eating food offered to idols. You might have to even engage in the way they worship, which is inappropriate, which is physical. But guess what? God understands we all sin. We're all sinners. You can't fix it. You can, you can, you can do it. He still loves you. So she began to mix in holiness and immorality as if they're conflated as one thing that God approves of because he loves sinners. And not only did she do it, she taught it. Not only did she teach it, she taught it profoundly. And, it, and instead of people having mistakes that they made, they ended up in a practicing lifestyle that was, an avert, that was against the will and word and work of God. This is exactly where our society is today. And I'm not telling you that you as a human being won't have human weaknesses that cause you to have desires and, and, and activity inconsistent with the, the will of God. I'm just telling you, you can't live there. You can't practice there. You can have a struggle. You can fight against sin. But Jesus is the answer to that sin condition and that sin place. But what you can't do is call his word a lie and your feelings the truth. You, what you got to say is he's holy. I'm trying to be transformed and be sanctified and be holy like him. Now, if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who, who will help you. But what he is dealing with is the leadership of this church that has let someone teach something in the church opposite the will of God. And I see that in churches even today. I see churches around the nation and even around the world adopting the doctrines of devils from seducing. She says seducing spirit. It's an orbiting spirit. It's a loose spirit. It's a spirit that says whatever you feel, whatever you want, whatever you want to do, it is not loving to children or to people who act on whatever they feel or whatever they think and not to be confronted lovingly with the truth of what God says and what his word says. What happened in this church of Thyatira is they received the good commendation. They received the good inspection. But when the inspection starts saying there's some bad stuff that you got to deal with, it was a problem. It's like when I go to the doctor. Pastor Will, when I go to the doctor and I get a good report two times a year like I get, there's always something on that report, just maybe one, two things that says, you know, check your cholesterol, you know, you need to lose a little weight, you know. But in my mind, the overwhelming good report exempts me from changing my diet. And so I say, thank God that I got an inspector that gives me good marks. I got the green light, even though all them yellow lights, all those caution lights, I can ignore them because of the good that's going on. And that's happening in Thyatira is because of the good they've got doing on, they're blinded to the bad that's going on in their environment. Let's go on to read. It says, not only that, it says, it says uh, I gave her time to repent. She refused to repent of her sexual immorality. Time to repent means space to do it. When God gives you grace, he's really giving you space to repent. 
He's not giving you approval. What typically happens when we sin and we're not immediately judged by God by sickness, death, or the breaking down of your life, you begin to think God actually approves of bad behavior. When he's not approving of bad behavior, he's trying to give you grace. And the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repent. In other words, he's trying to say, I'm going to treat you so good, even though you're doing so bad, so you can realize that, you know what, I need to change. She refused. And the problem with her refusing to repent as a leader, and this whole church is full of leaders, is that she was now leading people astray. And God, you are an individual. You have the right to do a lot of different things, but I'm telling you, woe unto you, woe unto me if I lead people astray. The Bible says, if you offend, he said, offense must come, but woe unto the man to whom offense comes by. He said, it is better for you to, for that a millstone be tied around your neck and you be thrown into the depths of the sea than to offend one of these little ones. You can't cause people to sin by representing that you're a part of the church, representing that you're a part of Christ, and then having a lifestyle outside of the will of Christ. That is sin. Now, before you listen to that voice that's telling you that's just too hard and my Jesus is too nice, Jesus himself writing this letter to the church, dictating this letter to the church, is showing up with flame of fire in his eyes and with judgment to deliver judgment. There comes a time when he will come to the church and say, I'm not on the mercy seat. I am on the judgment seat. But that's not because he wants to destroy you. That's because he cannot be associated with the wrong thing. And I'm going to prove it when you keep reading in the text here. He says two things you'll see. You'll see judgment and you'll see God's character elevated. Here it goes. He said, behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of their works. In other words, God's saying, imagine it like this. Imagine that God's got the church in his hand, and you keep on wanting to sin, keep on wanting. That word throw means drop. I'm going to just drop, okay. I'm going to drop you where you should land when you reject me. You land in sickness. You land in disease. Some people have fell asleep because they ate the Lord's table in vain. He said, you can't eat at the table of demons and the table of the Lord. You, 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 can't, you can't have it both ways. That church, Thyatira, was trying to have it both ways. If you're in the church, starts with me as a leader and all our elders and all our we can't have certain sin named among us. And we can't teach you to do it. I won't be worthy to lead. I'll be removed because God will do it. Forget man. Man might not detect it, but God's got eyes. He can see. He sees what everybody's doing, and he cares about it. His eyes are flame. It's not just that he sees you, but he's passionate about his church. He laid down his life to redeem his church. And I'm going to tell you, this is a real thing, these guilds. How many people are in workplaces that ask you to compromise your Christian values and beliefs? How many men have I talked to who tell me they have to take business trips and go to the strip club because their clients are at the strip club and their boss told them to take them to, the, to, 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 those, to those places to do work? 
And they said, well, I had to do it. Like the people in Thyatira, Jezebel said, well, you got to go because it's about money. Diversity, equity, and, and, and inclusion it, it becomes a mantra. But how about you know that God may be not into equity the way you think equity. He's not into inclusion the way you think inclusion. And he definitely don't mean diversity the way you mean diversity. You can't conflate Christian and godly things with other things. I'm saying you can't take the world's language and make it God's language. He don't define things the same way. If everybody was supposed to be equal, then everybody would have the same paycheck, same height, same weight. I would be skinny. I would be demanding. Where am I skinny, Jesus? He didn't call it. He want me shaped like this. Sorry. Let me read the Bible. <laughs> he says, and I will strike her children dead. All those who follow this wicked woman, this wicked spirit, this wicked way of being and thinking, all who get infested and will not repent, will not change, will not adjust, you could lose your life. Now, Nobody likes that kind of preaching. Because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And depart from evil is understanding. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is life eternal. Woe to the church that won't keep preaching the word even when it's inconvenient. Tribulation comes. If you look at the statistics with people who engage in immorality, they have disease. Statistically, look at the CDC. They're diseased, statistically, higher than anyone else. They get sick more than anyone else. They die more frequently than anyone else. Do we have compassion? Yes. But our answer is to give them the good news about what Jesus expects, not to give them approval for their bad behavior and lifestyle. And all of the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and heart, and I will give each of you according to his work. You got to understand, his character gets reinstated. He says, if you won't do what's right, I'll come in and do what's right. And guess what? My name will be rescued. Because we are all representations of Christ. And, and um, what's that scripture? I think it's good. He said, what fellowship have light with darkness or the temple of God with Bilal? Bam. We have no fellowship. We can't be yoked together with unbelievers or unbelief. Sanctified means you're set apart to be holy. You don't look like the world. You don't talk like the world. You don't get in agreement with the world. You don't do what the world does. Even if they approve it, you disapprove it. If Christ disapproves it, you disapprove it. You don't want it. You, don't, you tell your children, speak out against it. You don't tell your children, well, you know, just don't say nothing. You know, people are different. No, I'm different. I'm different. Well, they're going to label me that, I'm, that, that, that maybe I'm phobic. No, maybe that's not me. I have the fear of the Lord. I know it's not popular, but I thank God that he loved this church enough to rescue it and ask it to repent. 
In my generation, I don't want to be a part of the leadership that didn't tell you the truth. He said, but, but to the rest of you, Thyatira, who do not hold to the teachings, who do not learn what is called the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Remember the progression? He, he said, in one church, it was a place of Satan, then it was a throne of Satan. Now he said, this is the deep stuff of Satan. What's the deep stuff of Satan? Let's just, what is, what is when Satan really has got you? It's when you can't distinguish the church from the world. You tolerate it. You let it go down like that. It's when you no longer have a standard where they say, oh, no, they don't do that. We have to excuse them from class. They don't listen to that. They don't watch that. They don't touch that. They don't taste that. And it's not because their church told them that they couldn't. It's because the Christ that lives on the inside of them who is holy is transforming them into a holy person. Well, I don't want to be legalistic. Well, don't. You don't have to be. Praise God. But I feel like sometimes we're more interested in our liberty than our consecration. Consecrate ourselves. Then we can get a revival. But look at the promise. Let's look at this last verse. uh, I think verse 25. Yeah. Only hold fast what you have until I come. If you're with me, hold on to my standard. If you're with me, hold on to holiness. If you're with me, reprove those who are not. If you're with me, hold fast to what it means to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're with me, live holy, talk holy, be holy. If you're with me, eradicate sin, repent, relent. If you're with me, just hold on. He said, the one who conquers, that's the guy who's holding on, the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end to him, I'll give the authority over the nations. In other words, if you're going to hold on to me, I'm going to give you more of my trust, more of my shepherding, more of my rule, more of my people, more of the nations of the world, because you can be trusted to export the authentic gospel, me. You're going to hold on to me, I'm going to hold on to you. He said, and he will rule with a rod of iron and the earthen pots are, are, are broken into pieces. And even as myself, I have received authority. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm going to step in when the leadership is bad and shepherd the church. And it's not going to take much for my bronze foot to just get your clay pot and knock it over. This is not even hard for me. He said, I got this authority from my father. And guess what? I'm giving that authority to you, church. He wants us to act like him. Finally, he says, and I will give you the morning star. Stand to your feet. The Bible says in Revelation that he is the bright and morning star. What you get from the inspector is him. 
You get his presence, and the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy, and his right hand pleasures evermore. In the presence of the Lord, all the wicked melt away like wax. In the presence of the Lord, you hear the gentle whisper of him telling you what to do and when to do it and how to do it. In the presence of the Lord, what's unclear becomes clear. In the presence of the Lord, you want to worship, you want to live right, you want to talk right, you want to avoid all those things that offend him. I'm asking you to invite the morning star into your life by holding fast. Yes, the inspector showed up, but he didn't show up to condemn you. He told you everything that was good. He told you where bad behavior was, and now he's giving you a choice. Will you stand for him and hold fast on your job, in your workplace, when you've got to go to your boss who's asking you to compromise your faith? So often will you be the people who stand, even if it costs you what appears to be everything? Will you count on him? Will you count on him? I'm not telling you it won't cost you. A couple of weeks ago, I was telling you about um, my wife's career, and, 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 and somebody looked at us and said, if you put out this style of music that's bold, that my wife defines as the Word of God to music, then we'll take from you your access to the music industry. Doesn't mean it won't cost you something. And to some degree, that was true. Don't you still want to go see him? The reward is the satisfier of my soul is not me, it's him, the morning star. What did I perceive the Lord wants to say to this church specifically? I know you're good. And I know most of you don't hold to the teachings of Jezebel. But don't ever let that toleration, tolerance for that spirit come into your midst. Keep on doing what's good. And if you need to correct something, correct it. Ministry team, I want you to come down. And I have an appeal for you here today. It's a really a simple appeal. It's four things I want to say before I pray for you. One, if you realize you're in here today and Jesus is not Lord of your life and you don't let him dictate what's going on in your life and you're more the boss than he is the boss of you and you actually want to get that right and you want to repent, you need help with somebody walking with you, today is your day to come down. Number two, if you've never been baptized in the Spirit and had an encounter with Jesus Christ and you've been wondering about spiritual things and spiritual issues and spiritual gifts and you want to have an experience, I want you to come down. You can get filled with the, the Holy Spirit. Number three, if you have sickness in your body of any kind, you found yourself for whatever reason on a sick bed or with an infirmity that you, 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 you can't deal with, but you need Christ Jesus himself to deal with, then I want to help you in this moment. Let me pray for you. And if, at the conclusion of my prayer, if you have any of those needs, you just make your way to the front. Somebody will pray for you, and then the rest of you will be dismissed. If you're new to Bethel, I'll meet you over at Guest Central. Lord, thank you so much for who you are. What you do, how you work, and how you move, you've invited our church to hold fast. You've invited our church to have the morning star, you. We want your presence so we don't want sin. Can you help all those who be plagued with the practice of sin be free today? Can you help all of us who are not filled with the Spirit to be filled afresh today? And those who are infirm to be delivered from every infirmity. Bless us, God. Deliver us, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody say amen. Give God a round of applause. He's so good.
He's so loving. 